Hey, welcome to night school. And it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, which is a, always a great day for me. It's, you know, it's the Super Bowl. I'm a football fan. I have a dog here, by the way. This is the first episode, I believe, that has featured a dog on my lap in the same room, anywhere at all, near this hot mic. And uh, taking care of a friend's dog the past few days. Also the first time I've had a dog in my care and my care alone for any substantial amount of time. And it's fun. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I was thinking about that this morning. I got a dog actually licking my face. Um, Not to get too graphic. But anyway, I was thinking this morning about how there's that term that I've used that I invented If I have one contribution to culture and society, this term that I invented that I hope someday gets put into common use, and that's pro-wrestling atheists, you know, people who think it's their duty to tell people that pro-wrestling is fake, pro-wrestling ain't real, and then someone turns around and says, well, actually, they are hurting their bodies, and their personalities do take on the characteristics of the characters they play in the ring, so there is a certain reality to it, and the backstage politics do sometimes mirror what you're seeing. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's that pro-wrestling atheist who they think it's their purpose in life to tell people that it's not real, uh, as if people don't have their own manner of appreciating it, you know, or, or, you know... You know, assuming that it's not open for interpretation either. They're assuming that they're seeing it through the same eyes that everyone else is seeing it. And I've talked enough about that before, about what a pro-wrestling atheist is. I think it speaks for itself, too. And it is a term. I want that to be in common use. I want to be hearing that on the TV, on radio, on radio. Uh, but it's the same for the Super Bowl, really. And there are Super Bowl atheists. There are people on Super Bowl Sunday every year. They go to a Chinese restaurant where there are no TVs. They basically try to shut it out. They try to ignore it. They, they tell themselves, nothing's happening today. The whole world isn't fixed on any one event. You know, I, I don't care about sports. I, I didn't even know the Super Bowl was today. I didn't even know the Super Bowl was today. Uh, so there, there are Super Bowl atheists like that, where they basically shut it out. Uh, maybe they let people know. They casually let people know that, oh, I didn't even know the Super Bowl was today. Uh, and, you know, it's an identity thing. Because someone who truly doesn't care about sports or the Super Bowl, they are just going to go about their day, and they might see a glimpse of it, and they, they recognize that it's important to other people. That there is something going on today. But there is a certain type of person. Yeah, they're, they're going to go to the Chinese restaurant. Uh, make sure there's no TVs. And if they go to a place where there's a TV with the Super Bowl on, they're like, can you change the channel? All these idiots are watching uh, sports. Uh, but uh, there's also, though, it's not just the Super Bowl atheists. Because I feel like Super Bowl atheists are actually pretty... Uh, pretty okay. You know, they just want to go about their day and they don't want to be consumed by all this, you know, hoopla. And I never use that word, but today seems like a good day to use it. 
I got a dog here. Might as well use the word hoopla. But I think on Super Bowl Sunday, it's not the Super Bowl atheists that I noticed. It's the Super Bowl Satanists. The people who are like, I know the Super Bowls today, and I hate it. And sports fans are so dumb. And I don't care about the Super Bowl, but I I care enough to let you know I hate it. And, uh, oh, you just want to see people, like, run a ball up and down. And I, I call them Satanists because it's, like, their ideas. Like, I'm going to be the opposite of that. If, if football is your God, if football is your faith, I'm going to be just as faithful but in the opposite direction. Therefore, I'm a Super Bowl Satanist, which would be a great real identity for someone to have. If someone actually referred to themselves, like, I'm a Super Bowl Satanist. What are you going to do about it? Be like a name for a biker gang. Uh, you know, biker biker gangs are always things like that. Like, the devil's, uh, I don't even know. I wish I could come up with an, uh, The best example I can come up with is Super Bowl Satanists. We take over the tavern on every Super Bowl Sunday. But it is a holiday. You know, it very much is a holiday. It's a day when, you know, so many people are fixated on one thing. And whenever that happens, there's going to be people who turn around and are like, I have to put my foot down and take a stand against this thing. And it it does have a religious element. You know, football is spiritual in many ways because it's not just entertainment. And this goes for sports in general, where you know, even if it's a game that I'm watching where I have no dog in the race, here we go with dog references, but uh, even if it's a game where I have no dog in the race and I truly don't care who wins, let's say it's the, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins against the Tennessee Titans, two teams where there's no weight either way. I have no interest in what either of those teams does. And football's complicated because most of the time you do have an interest, especially toward the end of the season, but even just like, oh, well, this team beat my rival and therefore I want, or, you know, my rival beat this team and so I want this team to lose or win because that affects my favorite team in this way. It's more more complicated than just winning or losing a single game or having a you know a winning season or this or that or beating your rival it's like it's a pretty complicated system um that will lead you to root for all kinds of teams that you otherwise wouldn't root for or, or cheer against certain teams but uh you know it's it's really not just entertainment cuz like i said i could be watching the miami dolphins against the titans in a preseason game and i could still end up rooting for one and then become invested in that game and then and feel the ups and downs when that team that I'm rooting for throws an interception or then when they score a touchdown or when it comes down to that last minute and you know they're a field goal away from tying it you know there is this up and down to it and if it's a team that you are truly invested in if it's your team it's like watching an epic adventure you know it's it's like reading an epic adventure novel filled with all kinds of twists and turns you might as well be reading lord of the rings and in that last moment when you know when gollum you know charges at frodo and ends up like grabbing the ring and falling into the abyss you know into the lava 
you know, that might as well be like the end of a really close football game. And you really do go through all those sorts of emotions. And then you have to cope with the fact that your team lost, whether it's a beating, whether they lost, whether they lost by 40 points or three points or one point, you know, you have to go through all sorts of stuff and you have to kind of realign yourself the rest of the day. If your team loses in a really close game, you're left with such a disgusting feeling. It's like you have this film over your eyelids, you know, this like thin layer of just grit that you have to deal with the rest of the day. And the fact that you have to deal with that makes football more than just entertainment. Why is football more than just entertainment? Well, you have to deal with this gritty film that stays over your eyes when your team loses. And you just have to learn how to deal with that. And Visine doesn't work. Um, So that's why football is more than just entertainment. And because it's more than just entertainment, it makes sense that the Super Bowl would be a holiday. And just like the there are those Super Bowl Satanists, there are also those people, too, who are like, I don't understand football, but did you watch the World Cup? Which is a liberal phenomenon. That is a liberal phenomenon. There's a certain type of person who like, really goes out of their way to throw the World Cup in your face. Literally throw that cup in your face. Splash your face with it like wine. Um, and it is this weird thing where it's like, oh, well, I'm into the sport that the whole world cares about. I'm into the worldly sport. And here I am trashing that. I'm trashing soccer. Oh, do you mean the real football? Do you mean the real football? Uh, here I am trashing that. And that's a good point, too, because we all do that. And I think that's what I want to get to here is even though I'm rallying rallying against Super Bowl atheists and more specifically Super Bowl Satanists, the people who really want to stick it to you and, uh, you know, you're just a Neanderthal watching the the uh, million billion dollar entertainment show thinking it's important. But we all do that about different things. And, uh, you know, there's people who, when video games became a competitive sport, I guess you could call it, you know, when video games with, with, you know, the rise of the internet and all this, when video games became something you could watch other people play and compete in, there's a bunch of people, myself included, who were like, who wants to do that? Who would want to watch other people play video games repetitively, repetitively over and over again? And it's the same mentality as people who are like, why would you want to watch the Super Bowl? You know, we all have these things that we tend to, you know, be like, I don't understand that. And therefore, I'm going to criticize it and spend a lot of time focusing on that criticism rather than just letting it go. Uh, you know, there's that sort of person and it naturally plays out in everything. You know, there's that person who's like, why do you care about football? But did you watch the debates last night? Did you hear Joe Biden's 30 second snippet? It's a lot more important than uh, whatever you're watching. You know, we all do it about everything and some things might actually be more important. Maybe if we're going to rank them, I'd rather not. I'd rather not rank them, but it is important to notice when you're doing that, I mean, uh, and we all do have faith in these things, you know, because football, it does really bring out this sense of faith, and people get very superstitious who otherwise wouldn't, and they have rituals, and that's how you know it is a spiritual 
exercise to be a football fan because there are people who it's like they wear the same shirt every Sunday. They follow a, a very specific pattern from the time they wake up. And I'm not joking. You know, this is, it's parodied in TV commercials, advertising football jerseys that you can order online. But these things are real, and I find myself doing them. And uh, it's not just on Sunday. It's not just on the day that games are played, because uh, I think most teams probably do this, but the Seahawks have Blue Friday, where the Friday before the Sunday, you also get decked out in Seahawks gear. And someone who's skeptical would be like, well, it's just a, a way to sell you more merch. They're just going to sell you more merch. So you have to have two days worth of merch, two days worth of blue clothes. And yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, the NFL likes making money. Teams like selling things. There's no question about that. Uh, but at the same time, it, it transcends just commerce. It transcends, you know, capitalism because people are truly religious about this stuff. And it, it's true for, you know, and people too, like even during games, it's like uh, there was that guy with at the Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago when they were losing. He left the stadium because he felt that he was bringing the team bad luck. You know, it's not just that he thought he was wearing the wrong hat or he, you know, was drinking the wrong soda, which are the, those are things people do. I mean, I remember when the Seahawks were on their, you know, Super Bowl run some years back, talking to this guy or overhearing this guy at a bar, whether I was talking or hearing, it don't matter. Uh, and he was talking about how he had, like, prepared nachos a very specific way the year before when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And then when they were in the Super Bowl the next year and lost, he was talking about how, you know, he, he had to prepare the nachos the same exact way. And how many things do we do that about? How many things do we become that obsessive, compulsive about in life? And, you know, sports are one of them. They bring this superstition, this obsessive compulsion, this ritual out of people, and people feel it. It's not just something people are doing that's mechanical. They actually feel these things. And maybe these things do have some influence. I'm not even going to say they don't, you know, because I personally get sucked into that as well where sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I've been wearing this shirt every Blue Friday and this shirt every Sunday, and I've noticed when I wear that particular combination, the Seahawks tend to win by 10 or more points, and so I better wear those clothes in that order. And then, of course, when they lose, when, you're, when you've worn those clothes, you just forget all about it. Um, but that's, that's how all this stuff works. It's, it, you know, people do get very deeply invested in this way that they don't about other things. And in the same way that people have a tendency to criticize or reject these things that other people get invested in that we think are silly, we also have a tendency to get ritualistic and, you know, religious about these things that other people would never understand. Uh, so we do both. You know, we create religions out of things that aren't otherwise, you know, religious, and we create these enemies or these uh, others. We form these others about things that we don't feel that way about. And you see, too, like, I, I think a lot about Star Wars, and I've, I talk a lot about Star Wars on this show, even though I'm not a fan anymore. You know, I'm a fan of the originals and all that, you know, uh, but... uh 
I've talked before about how it's I'm grateful for the fact that the prequels came out when they did and I'm grateful that they sucked because it's kind of like your team losing a game because because the Star Wars prequels sucked it allowed me to get on with my life and if the Star Wars prequels had been really good they came out when I was in junior high I believe and if they had been really good I probably wouldn't have gotten interested in music or art or all these other ideas and things that I would end up spending time doing, because I probably would have just stayed as obsessed with Star Wars as I was when I was like eight, and it would have been I would have just been a Star Wars nerd forever. Like if they made six really fucking good Star Wars movies up to that point, I probably would have been just lost in it forever. Who know? Who knows? Who knows? It's an alternate timeline, uh, but that itself is almost art. That itself is spiritual. In the same way that you have to deal with your team losing, and that's part of the process too, and it leaves a gritty film over your eyes, Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels left a gritty film over my eyes, and I had to kind of reconcile that with, you know, oh, it's like Star Wars was always this thing that was really cool, and now it's not. And now I have to get on with my life at age 14. Uh, But it's good that it sucked, because that forced me to go through some kind of process. It's it's good when things... I mean, I think the Dalai Lama even has some quote that people love to say where it's like, when things don't go your way, good. When things go your way, good. But the important part of that is, you know, when things don't go your way, that's good too. Because it forces you to go through something. And that's the experience with football. That's what being a football fan is, is it's dealing with the fact that your team might suck and still being a fan. It's dealing with the fact that everything might not be working out. And that's what faith is. That's really what faith is. So you see where this plays out on the football field. This plays out with football fans. Football faith. Be careful of them Super Bowl Satanists and keep up your football faith. Dog doesn't like it when I do the accents, which is funny. He's got faith in me, though. Uh, but uh, it, it's it is funny how all that plays out, though. How it just these there are these parallels between these interests we have, and you know, it, it's kind of like uh, it, well, going back to Star Wars. The reason I brought that up is because it is something that people are truly religious about, and I'm not the first person to mention this. But the way that people wait in line. The amount of Star Wars symbols you see. It's not just that people are going around in t-shirts and hats and uh, have coffee cups with the Star Wars logo. It's like they have obscure symbols. It's like I was behind a car that had the symbol that appears on Bobo, Boba, Bobo Fett's. Let's just go with that. I'll, I'll be the guy who doesn't get Star Wars names right to show you how, how little I care. Bobo Fett. Um, but I was behind a car, an SUV that had the Boba, it's the symbol that shows up on Boba Fett's shoulder in Star Wars, and it doesn't appear anywhere else, you know, beyond like whatever you can read in some book about it, like you don't know what that symbol is, but somebody has that, like they have this obscure Star Wars symbol on their car, and I know what it is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not just that somebody has this relatively obscure symbol. It's like, how obscure is it if I know what it is? Uh, and that's what I mean, though, where it's it's not just like somebody has the Rebel Alliance symbol 
on their hat. It's like they have this much more obscure symbol that appears in one place that you only see briefly, and yet people know what it is. And uh, I was walking today, when I was out earlier walking the dog, I saw a... I didn't know what it was at first from far away. I thought it was like one of those joint containers, you know, with weed being legal. Uh, Weed litter accounts for like 70% of the garbage you see out on the street now. You know, there's a stereotype that stoners are, you know, eco-conscious. Stoners are at the front lines fighting global warming, but really they're just littering. Since weeds become legal, you see so much weed packaging on the street, just junk food and weed packaging. So because of that, I saw this little white tube, what appeared to be a tube, and you see a lot of these joint tubes. Joints come in these tubes where weed is legal here. And I thought it was one of those, but as I got closer, it was actually a white Nerf dart that said Star Wars on the side. And I was just like, wow. Star Wars even here. You know, you, you can't even go for a walk on a on Super Bowl Sunday morning without finding a Nerf dart where there's no you, you would never expect a Nerf dart to be here, to be where I found it. Uh and, but it said it just said Star Wars on the side. Nothing else. It's just a Nerf dart branded with a, a Star Wars. You know, we don't brand cattle around here. We brand Nerf darts. We brand our cattle. No, we do brand our cattle with the Boba Fett symbol. Somebody's probably done it. Somebody probably, some rancher has probably branded their cattle with the Boba Fett arm symbol. I wouldn't be surprised because people are that religious about Star Wars. And people do have faith because when those new movies came out, people were like, these ones are going to be good. The creator, George Lucas, is no longer involved. These ones are going to be good. Oh, did you see the new ones? They're good. And then people are like, oh, well, the new ones, it turns out, aren't so good. And like, but this new show, this new show, it's on the Disney network for kids, but this is for adults. It's going to be good. You know, people have a lot of faith in Star Wars, more than I have. As someone who was just completely obsessed with Star Wars as a kid, I mean, two of my like main childhood interests, I mean, are what I'm talking about in this episode: football and Star Wars. Uh, and as a kid, though, I was, you know, just really into that original trilogy and all that. And uh, I'm, I, I do feel it's fortunate that it ended up sucking because it allowed me to move on when I needed to move on my teenage years, I needed to move on from star Wars as a teenager. If I wanted to be the kind of person I was going to be, I needed to have something else other than just star Wars, you know? But anyway, uh, the amount of merchandise you see, all of this, the level of obsession, the level of faith that people still have in it. You know, there are people who still just have all of this faith and people introduce their kids to it. They're like, you know, I can't wait till my kid is old enough to understand Star Wars. And that's really sweet. You know, it's a really sweet thing. It's a nice connection. Uh, but we live in a world now where it's like the the dad is, is more into Star Wars than the kids, whereas it used to be like the parents were like, oh, that's a cool movie. You know, it's a cool movie, but it was the kids who were obsessed. And now we live in this world where, you know, the parents are more obsessed with Star Wars. And the dad's like, I can't, I just, I got to make sure that he sees the trilogy by the time he's two, or I'm not doing my job as a parent. And 
that's very religious. That's very religious. It's like we got to take him to church. We got to read the Bible to him every night. We got to get him to watch Star Wars. And for other people, that's football. It's like, you know, we got to, I mean, there's a picture of me at my very first birthday, and I'm in a a full Seahawks outfit holding a football and loving it. And I don't remember being indoctrinated. You know, my dad's a huge football fan. It's been a major connection between us. We used to go to the Seahawks games when I was growing up, and uh, but I, I never felt like it was forced on me. It was never like, you're going to be a football fan. I just gravitated toward it. And, uh, you know, and as an adult, I continue to love it. You know, I feel like in recent years, it's just, it's nice to have that. And that's how some people feel about religion, where it's like they may not have some epiphany. They may not have any deep, hey, buddy, it's okay. It's okay. They may not have any deep relationship to, you know, whatever their religious denomination is. They may have never had a truly transcendental spiritual experience or connection to the thing they read or the church they go to, but they just think it's nice to have. It's just something nice. It's like a handrail, maybe, or just something. It's, It's a sense of community. It provides something. And I find that football does the same thing. And, you know, and I was talking about, you know, one of the spiritual aspects of football is continuing to have faith in your team, even if they suck. Even if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you know, when they were, they lost however many games in a row, 16 one season, they lost every game one season, and then I think they lost most of the games the next season, something like that. And to still be a fan of that, that is something. That tells you something. It's like wandering in the desert for 40 years. Um, And to still be a fan, though, through all of that, that tells you something. But that said, even though that's important, I think, I think a true football fan does have faith under all circumstances, no matter how frustrating it is. I'm also not one of these people who gets mad at Fairweather fans. You know, the Seahawks have been a pretty consistently good team for the past, I mean, close to a decade now. And when they were on their double Super Bowl runs, you know, when they won the Super Bowl and lost, which is a huge spiritual experience, like to have your team get that far, to have, have reached the highest high of the season before, and then to get back to the same place only to fall off the cliff and to have to deal with that. I mean, I remember getting a message from my friend, and he just said, we will never talk about this again. And he meant it. And I don't think we ever did talk about it again. Maybe. It, it, it took a while. But, you know, that's big. And when the Seahawks were on that run, though, when the Seahawks were that popular, they had all these personalities, these incredible players on the team at that time, all sorts of people were excited. All sorts of people were excited about the Seahawks. And a lot of them really weren't invested in football. They were learning the rules for the first time, but they were there because it was exciting. Something was happening. You know, if this were to play out in a very direct way, it's like if there were a bunch of people on a street corner, you know, and then suddenly some event just happened in the middle of town, all those people would run over and be like, I want to see what's going on. I want to see what's going on. It's the same thing, you know, when a football team or a sports team is doing well. It's like suddenly something is happening and people feel that energy and magic and they want to be a part of it. And they go out and they they start buying merch and they dress up for Blue Friday and and, and Sunday and uh, they want to talk about it. They learn all the players' names and then two years go by and the team, you know, just falls back into like good. Uh, 
They're no longer the best, but they fall just back into like, oh, they're going to they're gonna win 10 games. And suddenly a bunch of those people don't care anymore. Some of those big personalities leave your team. They go to other teams. And a bunch of those fans don't really care anymore. And if the team starts sucking, if they start sucking, uh, then people are really not going to care. A lot of people, at least. And those are what people call fair-weather fans. And that's almost like this sort of... Uh, there's some people who, you know, with religion, they'll be like, well, they're not a true believer. I didn't see them in, on, you know. They only go to church on uh, Christmas. Or they don't go to church at all. How dare they call themselves a Christian? They don't go to church. And people do the same thing with football, where they're like, oh, yeah, that person, like, they're just a fair-weather fan. I hate these fucking fair-weather fans. I'm a true believer. I'm a true believer. When my team was going 2-14, and 14, I was still dressing up every Blue Friday. When my team sucks, I was going. I was still going to the games. I still root for my team. And I, I love fair-weather fans, and I recognize them for what they are. I recognize Fairweather fans for what they are. You know, uh, I don't necessarily go like, well, I'm a bigger fan than them. Because there's a, there's a moment where we're both big fans. There's a moment where we're both huge fans. And there's a moment where you go to the grocery store and every single person there, including the employees, is wearing Seahawks merchandise. And it's fun, especially as someone who isn't very communal, who doesn't really connect with people on a public level at all and doesn't like to like go to public events and be like, I'm, I'm joining hands with everybody. I'm on the same page as everybody. As someone who doesn't feel like I'm on the same page with people very often, you know, when, when your team is doing really well and everybody's wearing like the same color as you with the same symbol on it, it's fun. It's fun. And I don't get mad when those people stop coming out. You know, it's it, don't get mad at those people. They're just it's they want to be there when it's fun, you know, and it's they want to go see the good Star Wars movie. They want to see their team win and they don't want to deal with the crushing disappointment of having your team lose all the time. You know, they don't want to deal with that. And life is filled with that enough as it is. So why blame them? You know, it'd be nice to tell them, have faith, have faith and you know, why be a, a true believer just so you can brag about it anyway? Because that's the other side of it. That's the only real reason I feel like to point fingers at Fairweather fans. It's so that you can elevate your ego. It's so that you can say, those people are only fans sometimes, but I'm a fan all the time, and that makes me better. And that's no different than saying... The Super Bowl is for idiots, and I'm going to pretend it's not happening today. I'm going to I'm going to pretend I you know that I'm better than the Super Bowl. I hate the Super Bowl. I'm going to let everybody know today that I hate the Super Bowl. To me, pointing out a fairweather fan doesn't make you more of a fan. In the same way that somebody like talking about how stupid everybody is for watching the Super Bowl doesn't make them better either. You know, anytime you're pointing your finger, anytime you're making a gesture at other people to elevate yourself, and we all do it. You know, I'm a hostage to my own ego all the time, even right now. Even right now, I'm sort of kind of 
sort of like pointing a shaky finger at someone or something. I'm doing it toward the people who, because that's the thing, you, you get into this meta game where it's like, right now I'm pointing my finger at the people who are criticizing the Super Bowl. Right now, I'm pointing my finger at people who point their fingers at Fairweather fans. And you just really can't escape that. You know, if you're going to go into any kind of critical thought, you're always going to be pointing your finger at somebody. But I guess the only justification I can have for that is that... (laughs) I don't know. I can't justify it. You really can't. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, accept the fact that that not everybody is going to be as invested in you as something or the fact that people are going to be invested in something else. Because that was one of my biggest struggles for for years and years and maybe still is just that, like, oh, people are into something that I think sucks. And I feel the need to point that out. Or, Or those people are into something that's the same as me, but they're not as into it as I am. You know, you you try to elevate yourself, and you're really just making yourself a hostage to your own ego. Uh, But, uh, you know, with that, going back to the the idea of the Fairweather fans, you know, the Super Bowl brings that out of people, too, where there's a lot of people who just go to Super Bowl parties, and they don't care, and the real football fans complain about that. It's a different version of the, like, I'm a true fan of this team— those people are Fairweather fans. It plays out on a more general level on Super Bowl Sunday where people go to Super Bowl parties and they're like, all these uh, all these people who don't care about the game are talking and eating the nachos. They're just here to eat nachos and talk. And they're talking during this, this part that is really important to me. They're talking over the sermon. And people get mad at that. But I feel like if you go to a Super Bowl party, you should know that that comes with the territory. There's a, pu- a bunch of people who are just going because it's an event. They're fair-weather football, football fans that day. I'm slurring. For, the fair-weather football fans. Uh, but, but really, there's a bunch of people who are going to be fair-weather football fans on that day because it's an event. It's an event. It's a big event, and it's undeniable. It's undeniable that Super Bowl Sunday is an event. People make a big deal out of it. They prepare special foods, so special, special nachos, notches. They they <laughs> they prepare notches, uh, but they do, and and they invite people over. And some of those people aren't really going to care about the game. They're more interested in the people there, which is what it's all about, right? At the end of the day, it's all about the people. Not for me. I don't go to Super Bowl parties because I am interested in the game. I'm not interested in talking to people. I'm not interested in somebody asking, like, you know, about some rule that should be obvious to them if they actually watched football. How come they didn't tackle the punter? It's called a fair catch. It's called a fair catch, you fair-weather football fan. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, though, where it's like, if you're going to go to a Super Bowl party, you should know that a bunch of people there actually don't give a fuck. Um, and, and you should tolerate that. And you should accept the fact that some people are fair-weather football fans. And if you are a football fan, you should enjoy the fact that when your team is doing well, people are excited. And uh, it's, it's sort of like a Book of Job thing as well, where it's like, you know, Job's so pious and faithful, and 
Satan tells God, like, you know, let's take everything away from him and see how pious and faithful he is. And that's what happens. And then Job just melts down because it's just like, oh, my God. And that's something that, you know, happens in football, too. (laughs) The book of Job plays out in football, whereas a football fan, it's like it's very easy to be like, I love my team. Oh, life is great. Football is great. I love my team. Uh, and then your team starts losing bad. Your, your favorite player gets injured and you're like, Oh my God, how dare football sucks. The refs are, the refs are, are, uh, paid off. Someone paid the refs to go against my specific team. The other team is cheating. You know, there is this like book of Job level meltdown, this Job style meltdown when something happens to your team that you don't like. And so it is very easy to be faithful when everything is going perfectly for your team, when you have star players, when everyone's healthy, when you're winning games. And then when that doesn't happen, it's very easy to be like, well, this sucks anyway. Oh, oh, turn it off. You know, you can always turn the game off. And, uh, you know, I think the true faith of football is keeping the game on even when you don't necessarily want it to be. And not worrying about whether other people are watching either. Not worrying about whether other people know the rules. And the rules change. You know, the rules of football change. One year an extra point is on the two-yard line, the next year it's on the ten. And I, I don't even know if I have that right. See, it's like I could get mad at somebody else for not knowing what a fair catch is, but I watch every football game I can and I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what yard line extra points are kicked from, even though I see it happen all game long. And I, I've seen how many games this season alone. You know, I wouldn't even be able to tell you that. So we all have our blind spots. And I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm not even going to look up where the extra point is kicked from, what yard line. I'm just going to have faith. I know that uh, I know that extra points are going to get kicked. And I don't know. It, it's funny. It's funny to see how the how football is this microcosm of the way everything else plays out. And people are this way about Star Wars. They're this way about their favorite TV show. They're this way about their religion, their political views. And those things all bleed into each other, too. Uh, we've seen where football gets politicized, and in the uh, spirit of not talking for a full hour and keeping this short, I'm not going to talk about the political implications of football. I think I'm going to keep it to spiritual matters here. Um, but we do, you do see where football is a microcosm of everything else. And therefore, how can you say it's stupid? How can you say the Super Bowl is insignificant? You can't. And that's true for everything. Because this plays out everywhere, you can't say anything is insignificant or stupid, even if you don't care about it. And you'll see where people have faith in everything. And there are people who don't have faith in the same things that other people have, but that spirit of faith is always there in people. Everyone has something that they are faithful toward. And it may seem unimportant, but it is interesting that the human spirit requires that and participates in that process wherever they can find it. 
And if that happens to be on Super Bowl Sunday, all the better. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can